to the Progress with UEC podcast Sunday edition. Hi, Paul. Hi, Adam. Right, we had a bit of a disappointing uh, afternoon yesterday. Bumper crowd, but didn't get the result that we wanted. The game finished. We're going to have to Sunderland 3. For me, it was lost in the first minute. It's never good, is it? Give team a 1-0 start. Do you know something? What I thought as well was very strange, that we won the toss... And then change change the teams around. Wigan Athletic always play attacking the south stand in the second half. When teams have, have changed it around a little bit, we we tend to go unstuck in the past with that. Because I mean, did they, did we feel that them attacking their own fans in, in the first half? I've no idea. I don't know why we did it. You were denying them the opportunity to attack their fans in the second half, weren't you? Towards the end of the game. So if it had been a tight game, you'd have denied them that. The thing is, it always does seem weird when we kick that way first half. It just doesn't seem right. But it, every single time we do it, it reminds me of um, that game against West Ham where Charles and Zogby scored the, the winner in the dying seconds when we'd been relegated at half-time 2-0. In that game, West Ham changed us right It worked because he was 2-0 at half-time. I always understand that if you win the toss at an away ground, you turn them around just to try and upset them a little bit. But us, for us to do it, is does seem a bit strange. It was a bit yeah. strange. Okay. I mean, obviously, Derek was made that decision, hasn't he? He's the captain. I mean, I think at times, he, he, we'll go on to it in a, in a moment, but I, I, I think he gets too much caught up in what I class as the politics of the game rather than playing the football. I mean, why is our fullback running all half the length of the field to have a word with the referee about a decision that's already been given? You know, and he's done it on a number of occasions. And I think as a captain, he needs to set a much better example than that. Absolutely agree. So I thought that was a strange decision. They got the kickoff, built it up field, got a free kick. Put it in the box. Barely right. Six yards out. Max Power one side of him. Wilkin the other. But he, they, they let him in a... It's six foot, six foot of room around him. Free header. Yeah. Back of the net. It, it was that beyond it right from the first minute, wasn't it? And we weren't. To be fair, we reacted to that. I thought for 15, 20 minutes, we were, were decent. Put them under pressure and it showed how bad they were at the back. I think the goalkeeper for Sunderland was very solid. You know, he, we put... We did pepper him with some crosses and not easy crosses at times and he was commanding you need to be against Wigan because you know we scored a lot of our goals from crosses so I think the keeper did did well I don't think he's that trusting of his defence so I think he took he took the lead on that then it got scrappy didn't it after that and and obviously then we've got the the penalty decision I know you've seen it since Barry uh, I thought at the time I could see why the referee had given it it doesn't mean it's a penalty I just could see why he actually gave it I thought uh, and I still stand by what I said that Ross Stewart bought that penalty without any doubt. He did it up at their place to Dariqua and it was the same movement again. Clicked his feet together and threw himself to the ground, stiffened his body and went down. Was the contact, there possibly were contact with, with Tilt, but were enough to put him on the floor? 100% not, he's gone down. We get that and we see him given. I just wish we see some given yeah. to us, some times this season because there's many a time we've you know cried the officials because they've not been given us what we consider to be clear cut penalties the game recently was it crew there were four penalties in that game and they only give one so it, it does get frustrating I, I thought it was very frustrating yesterday if I was a neutral looking at that I'd say Sunderland managed that match perfectly as soon as they went in front it was scrappy the town wasted they fell to the floor they needled us they got in our heads. Max Power's adrenaline was through the roof. And I think what you mentioned about Dorico, they running around, 
I think he's he was running on too much adrenaline. Brilliant yeah. having it, but you need to control it. And I, I don't think we did. Uh, I was I was once told something before a cup final. A guy, you know, a guy who played at one of our coaches, he played at a decent level. He actually think he played in one of the friendlies against Latics when they first got in the league for Orange RMI. He, I remember we played a cup final and he's he basically the words they stuck with me, he said play the match, not the occasion. And that, to me, was like stuck is the fact that a lot of our players, I think, were so pumped because, you know, it's the biggest crowd Latics have had since Premier League days. It was against the side who were a big side, one that we owed them one. And I, and I just think that some of our players were playing the occasion. Even James McLean, who usually thrives on it, I thought maybe he boiled over a bit too much. I don't think he was playing with his head. Usually the adrenaline that he gets from... I mean, disgusting chanting, you've got to say, but usually he can handle that and channel it into playing playing well. But yesterday, he, he, I don't know, I think I think he bowled over too much for me. And there was a number of players who, who were like that and, and that's why it's cost us the game. We haven't lost to uh, a fantastic side. I mean, there's, to me, there's not been no side this season who's lived with the MK Dons in terms of, for me, who's been the best best side. Rotherham's a difficult side, but the MK Dons have been the best by a mile. The two big sides in this league, Sheffield Wednesday and, and Sunderland, have just seemed to manage the games better against us, really. And, uh, and I think that's why we've essentially, we've picked zero points up against the two of the three big sides in the league. And we've still only got one against Ipswich, of course, as well. So... That's it. That's all we can turn that one around on Easter Monday. Gamesmanship was just winding them up, wasn't it? I, I, I think for me, we never had any control over the midfield at any stage of the game. We would intercept a ball and it would bounce to them. We'd put a tackle in, it would go to them. Or when it comes to us, it's coming at speed and it's not under control. And we were essentially throwing it up, up whereas they were managing to get control of it. And that for me was the key difference. We just did yeah. not get a grip of the midfield. We didn't get the bounce of the ball, but you yeah. manage that. You get the bounce of the ball because you're managing you're managing that midfield. You're on your toes. You're passing up <coughs> on, and it just wasn't yesterday. Jack, what well, I thought, Jack, what ball was uh, super for us? Really, he tried he tried to play the ball out, and there was time and time again there was nothing on for him, and it, it was just. I felt sorry for Jack Watmore yesterday. I really did. Even the strikers, you know, Keane and Wang, did really didn't get into the game. At all yesterday. Then the the second penalty for the life of me, I had no idea what it was for at the game. No idea. It's only when I've seen it afterwards. And I'll tell you what: if that referee spotted that handball, I'm not saying it wasn't an handball because it it was, but if he spotted it from where he was, he shouldn't have missed a single thing that get because it was probably the most difficult decision to give, and it, and he's give it. Yeah, well, the others uh, like, like usually. If you see, I mean, I don't know if any of you watched the Everton City game, but the basically the reaction of the players said, it all, it was a penalty. The guilt on the face of the defender and the being absolutely adamant that it was a penalty, you can see it. In a, where was the Sunderland appealing? I didn't see any of it. Well, it, 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 it I've, I've not seen, I've seen a view from the West Stand, obviously the, the TV pictures, but... From the east stand, it looked like there was absolutely nothing. He pointed to the spot, then he pointed to the corner. I think I he like, was po- pointing to Dariqua, saying you right. handballed it. That's what it was. Right. So it looked like he gave a corner, but right, well, that makes sense. Then. Why not sent off Barry? Then if he, if, if <laughs> should he have gone for it? 
No, it's one of them where you jump up with your arms up. You know, it's, just, it's full leverage and it sits his right arm. Oh, you're a bit like, like the um, Jagielka uh, in the Sheffield United game. No, it weren't, it weren't as blessed as that because he had his arm above his head. It was just, yeah. it's just leaped up. Stewart was at the side of him. Tilt was behind Mike and Stewart and he was in front of Stewart. He sits his hand and then it's looped up in the air. It was it was an handball, but so difficult to, to spot. Like yeah. I say, if he's given that, you can understand why he's booked 10 players. I interviewed Chris Foy on here before, and one of the things that Chris Foy said, he's, he's the former Premier League official, if a referee's booking six, seven players, it tells him one thing, he's lost control of the game. And I think that game was too big for Sam Perkis. He fitted in with most of the Latics players, didn't he, yesterday, that he was playing the occasion, not the match. Lost control over it. Again, like you said about managing the match, they were allowed to, I mean, time waste early on in the game, you know, that, I mean, why warn a keeper three times and not book them? It just doesn't make any sense, you know, because the deterrent isn't there. You know that you're going to get away with it. If you book them for the first one and then you're a strong referee, and they do it again, you can say, on your bike, son, you know, I've, I've warned you once, you know, I've given you a yellow card as you warned You can't be complaining about it now. I think, yeah. like, they were, but yet he booked later on in the game, he was booking them for delaying a throw-in, which to me, I don't think was as blatant time-wasted as the, as the goalkeeper. Yeah, you've touched it on it there. That, that, how that goalkeeper did not get booked, I have got no idea. It seems to be a regular thing, don't I? Doesn't it? You know, we see it so the other week. You know, I think a goalkeeper, the goalkeeper kicked the ball miles away and he didn't get booked. I think it was the crew game. It's not just about the time because in the end, he added eight minutes on, but that was useless. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? I mean, most people were thinking, "Oh God, get me off this pitch." It's the breakup of play, isn't it? That's the problem. You know, if you get any momentum, I know we didn't get much momentum, but when you get momentum, you need to keep it going. And, you know, Wickham Wickham didn't seem to do that, did they, the other day when we had the momentum? They didn't seem to be, like, rolling around, did they, and and time-wasting and stuff, whereas many of the other teams who've who've done us this season have have done that, haven't they? Yeah, I thought Matete... Should have been sent off, Jim Atete. I mean, he's a lad they got from Fleetwood. I don't know if you remember at Fleetwood, he, he played just in front of the back four. He had a great game for him. Uh, obviously, Sunderland bought him, paid three million quid for him. Just after they scored, we got a free kick over on our right-hand side, just outside the box, and he leathered the ball down the field before yeah. sort of stopping us. Booking, it might have only been two, two and a half minutes, three minutes into the game, but it was a booking. And then he committed the foul about five minutes later where he went over Naylor's knee and caught him, you know, with, a, with an absolute disgraceful challenge, which I thought was a red card in itself, but the referee boots him for that. That would have been his second booking, you know. So Probably wouldn't have done it, would he, though? I wouldn't have thought he'd have gone in for that type of tackle. I mean, I, I would have just said, the way I would have looked at it, I, when you said about talking about the sending off, I, I, I'd i forgotten about kicking the ball the way. I thought you just meant the tackle, because I thought that was definitely a red card. Yeah, well, it was a red card on its own, weren't it? That's what I was meaning. Yeah, we got, yeah. We got out, did we? That's the problem. Ten bookings in a game. And apart from that one of those, that was the rest for Tamworth. I, I think it mattered. I mean, we got four, they picked up six. The bookings for us were Tilt, Power, Naylor and McGuinness. And then they got six. And the goalkeeper didn't get booked. That's the absolute farce of it, isn't it? Like you say, yeah. he was he was time-wasting from the moment they scored. I thought there were too many bad performances on the day. We didn't deserve anything from it, and, and that's what you get. At the start, 57% possession, 
with six attempts. I don't remember any of those. Three on target, apparently. Lange had the one, didn't he? Lange went through. Yeah, he did. I remember that now. Uh, day 13 with four on target. I don't remember many of those, to be honest. Foils 16, we committed. They committed 17. As I said, 10 yellows, four for us. Uh, the attendance, the biggest one since we was in the Premier League, like you said, Adam, 20,136 with 4,700 and odd coming from Sunderland. Uh, just to mention, before the game started, I don't know if anybody knows this, there was a, somebody went onto the pitch and I thought, oh, that's a bit strange. Why is everybody applauding him? I've seen the photographs and he had a T-shirt on and it said, no war in Ukraine. Yeah, I supported that, to be honest. You're saying about the performances, you're, like, you're wondering that, you know, with I, I, I agreed absolutely with those of you in the club yesterday. We asked Mel Brannigan about, you know, how it had gone and the recruitment. And he said, he, you know, he said that the window, which I presume he meant August, was perfect. And then I know it's difficult, the January window, but as the January window made us any stronger, and I don't just mean in terms of it was very difficult to improve on some of the players that we had, but as it made our squad stronger, well, you know, Shinny has disappointed, which surprised me because I thought he'd be a good one. McGuinness, I won't write him off yet, but he's not, to me, offering anything that Humphreys can't. And I think Humphreys is better at it at the moment. The guy from um, St Mirren has been unlucky. He's got an injury. And we've hardly seen Raya, who, you know, came with a good reputation. And it seems like some of these players that, you know, we've picked up, like the midfielders in particular, haven't been able to get anywhere near Austin, Naylor and, and Power. You know, Bayless had a goal, but he's nowhere near now, isn't he, Bayless? You know, he's not even on the bench. Uh, like I said, Shinny's played very little. Uh, and the other thing that I think I'm a bit concerned about at the moment, when I looked at that bench yesterday, apart from Humphreys, you don't look at it and think, oh, we've got someone there who can really change this game. I, I'm, I'm debating whether it might be worth just having on the bench, just as a bit of a, an unknown, one of the one of the young lads like you know, Chris C or someone like that, just, just to... Uh, Mix it up a little bit, really. You know, if uh, if we do need to throw a striker on someone with no fear, because really, I mean, after Humphreys came on, you didn't look at that substitutes bench and think, "Wow, we've got loads of players here who are going to change the game in an attacking sense." We've got lots of options if we want to see a game out, which is great. You know, we've got fantastic defenders. You know, we've got reasonable holding midfielders. Uh, yeah. It's good to see the fullback. Uh, Bennett is back on the bench, so that's good. But, I think I think Edwards is more of an impact yeah. player as well for me. You know, coming on with his because he's got a bit of pace and he's fresh and he's dynamic. Yeah. And rather than him starting the game, you bring him on on uh, you know with half an hour to go twenty five minutes, and it, and it changes it a little bit. And yeah, I think that same, same so yeah, I think that's what, what Richardson's thoughts are with Humphries, aren't they? He brings him on yeah. and change the game round, which you know. It, is it time to give him a start again? I mean, we started at Rotherham, didn't he, and scored? Yeah, and he started, uh, was it Gillingham and scored as well, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he's not yeah. done too badly when he's been when he's been scoring. I think I think Massey's different because I think Massey can offer in both senses. You know, I think he, this day and age, Massey is never going to be a player who will get you off the edge of your seat, you know, but he's not a Yannick Wiltshire, is he? He's not that type of player, but I'll tell you what, if you look at him, 
particularly since Christmas, that you could say he's up there with our most consistent players when he's played. I thought he's done a great job wherever he's played. And he, you can start with Massett and mm. sometimes you can finish with him as well, which means that you don't have to take him off and maybe you can bring an Edwards on. I mean, he came on the other night, didn't he, at Wickham Edwards and did play a big part in getting us back yeah. into the game. If Edwards it, isn't on the bench, we don't we don't have the impact the same. No, it might be it might be thought to play a left back at left back at left back and put James McLean a little bit further up because we seemed very weak down our left hand side yesterday and James McLean didn't have that sort of scope to 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 bomb forward. And there was times when Tilt were coming across and trying to uh, play that attacking left back, and it, it was it was much of a muchness. It was horrible, to be honest. It didn't it didn't look at all for me. No, but, what do you think is happening over there, though? Because if you look at it over the course of this season, I, I mean, I'm sure we could find out by looking at the appearance figures. But how many games this season have we actually played a left back at left back? And you could understand it if you'd had a massive injury crisis. But at times we've had Bennett and Pierce on the bench. Bennett was on the bench yesterday. Pierce has just been given, and now obviously he's injured, but Pierce has been given a new contract. So that means they must rate him. But yet he was on the bench when Derrickwa was played left back and power right back. So look, this sounds like we're being really critical. I just think it's a bit of balance, really, just to say that, you know, most of the time on here we're saying Liam Richardson's fantastic. He is fantastic. He's one of our, if not the best ever manager. But there are certain decisions that I think the most reasonable fans, like I'd class ourselves as all reasonable fans, you do get a bit baffled by them. And obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but to me, Bennett came in with a great reputation. He's looked okay when he's played and he doesn't seem to be getting any minutes. Whereas then it would free McLean up to get, to get further forward and strengthen us defensively because we'd have a a left winger who can defend as well. I'll lay a point on the table here to say that on Tuesday night, there'll be a left back at left back. I'm absolutely yeah, I, convinced. I, I yeah. would agree with that. I mean, the other the other thing, like you said, and we're we're all reasonable, and we're right to sort of ask questions. But by the same token, until yesterday, we've been pretty good at winning games with, with a non left back at left back. So you know, as much as you can question the decision, the decision that Liam Richardson has made has worked. Yeah, we've just looked a bit open yesterday. Talking of working, yeah. the man of the match was voted for by the Progress with Unity listeners on both Facebook and on Twitter is Lassics number five, Jack Watmore. So congratulations, Jack. I don't think it could have gone to anybody else yesterday. Um, no, pine- no pineapple on a pizza. Well done. <laughs> That's the only thing he's got wrong all season. Anyway, uh, before yesterday's game, I'm just going to brush over on this because uh, I'm going to pop an article out about what, what was said. Us three were in the supporters club, weren't we? and had a conversation with Mal Brannigan in front of a, a crowd of people, and it was quite quite refreshing. No bombshells, were there? Season ticket info out this week was the biggest one. Yeah, that was it, yeah. I'll, I'll try and put something together article-wise and pop that out on, on our, our blog, and we'll tweet it on Twitter and stick it on Facebook. Uh, right, the fleet will preview. The good thing about losing on a Saturday, if there is a good thing about losing on a Saturday, is we have an opportunity to reverse it on Tuesday when Fleetwood Town are at the DW Stadium. We managed to speak with Rick Gilbert, who is the chair of Fleetwood Town FC Supporters Club. Yeah, we've had a chat this morning, so let's have a listen what Rick says. So I'm Rick Gilbert, I support Fleetwood Football Club, and this year I took the reign of chairman of the Supporters Club. It was always going to be a tough year, 
we are in an embargo, so we struggle to sign players. We can only pay players over a certain wage, so it's always going to be tough. We've also got a very strong business model, which uh, is working. It's quite frustrating for fans. We've got a fantastic academy, and the players that are coming through are doing really well. And unfortunately, it also means that we do look to sell players on. And this year, we've sold... Josh Feeney to Villa, who never even played a first-team game for us, but we got 500000 for him. We sold James Hill to Bournemouth for over a million. We sold Jamie Tete to Sunderland, which got us just about just under $3 million. Now, when you're getting crowds of averaging 3000 and a stadium that holds 5000 you need to make money somewhere, and so that's where we do it. So it doesn't help when you're strengthening it aside. For that reason, we were always knew this year, more than any other year, we were going to be down thereabouts. We're a weird team. Teams will look at us and look at our placing and think we should win today because we're just above relegation. But I think we're probably one of the only teams, if not the only team, to do the double over Rotherham. We got a good draw against Sunderland. We absolutely battered Bolton 3-0. But then after following up the 3-0 win, uh, we then went to Lashley to Shrewsbury 3-0. And this is where we find ourselves where we are. We, we're struggling to close teams. So if you ask me how we're doing, I think yesterday's game probably sums us up perfectly. Going 3-0 up against Portsmouth and then throwing it away, which is why uh, when you look at our form, currently there are a lot of draws in there. I think I think the problem that seems to be coming through is we're playing for the win, but then once once we've got that, once we've got that lead, I think we're starting to show that we're trying to sit back on it too much. And I think that's shown with the draws now. We're getting the lead and then, and then letting silly goals in. And and again, yesterday was prime for that. The stats was just simply horrendous to look at. I mean, we went in 3-1 up and no shots on target in the second half. The possession was something like 75-25. <clears throat> so we need to eradicate that, really. We need to, I'd say we need to push on, but, you know, 3-1, you think you've probably done enough, but it quite clearly shows you yet again we haven't. So, yes, we are picking points up. And I think we're actually being lucky that teams around us aren't picking so many points up. There are a couple of teams now showing signs. Doncaster, still down there, but you know they're starting to pick a few wins up. Crew are fighting. Morecambe, again, like us, are starting to pick quite a few draws up. So at some point, we will need to find some wins. But at the moment, we are just keeping our head above the parapet. I think the staff for us is, is, probably, um, is probably Paddy Lane. I think he cost us 8000 And this is, again, this is where our sort of business model is looking for that talent from sort of non-league and bringing him through and getting him into the academies and, 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 and things like that. We've been absolutely wrought with injuries. Joe Garner's finally back, obviously, you know, Joe. And when, when he signed, he was a bit of a sort of a stellar signing for us, really. And then he, then he did his shoulder in and got injured. But in the games he played, you, you could just see that he's played at that, that holding the ball up and winning the headers and, and things like that. So... To sum our look up, we got Josh Harrop from Preston. And again, he came in with a lot of promise and in his debut got injured after 90 seconds and went off and, and we haven't seen him since. But I would say the one that stands out for us is, uh, is Paddy. He'll cut in from the right. And I don't know if you saw the goals yesterday. He scored an absolute scream yesterday. Stevens done well for us. He took over from Simon Grayson. There was a lot of um, questions when Simon got appointed because he's ex-Blackpool, ex-PNA, more ex-Blackpool that a lot of people never took to him. And uh, I think he was seen as a bit of old guard and uh, probably didn't have that new that new thought process. But I think he's, he steadied the ship after Joey left. I think he did a good job, but I think he went at the right time. There were a couple of games that he was, to me, showing some frailties. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a small team and we build up through the academy. So, so Craney's been the, sort of the youth 21s managers for the last four years. So he knows, he knows all the players that are coming through. And I think, I think that's really good to know what 
armor he's got really so he knows exactly what he's got to use we need to turn draws into a win i would absolutely take a draw at this moment if you offer me a draw against someone like you i mean <clears throat> again the game against yourselves you know we were we were 2-0 up and then there was just 10 minutes I, I, you know i went back to look at the stats yesterday 60 62nd minute 68th minute 72 minutes and all of a sudden you know we're th- we're 3-2 down in it and we know we're not coming back from that it'll be interesting to see how we react because of Saturday's game if you asked me before Saturday's game I would say we would go out for the win kind of a nothing to lose you know we're expected to lose so you might as well go up all guns blazing but we've got to stop leaking goals like we are so will he go will he look to go a bit more defensive possibly it's, it's gonna be an interesting one but as I say don't think it will be a second against 19th game I was thinking about it yesterday. I think we could be quite a good coupon buster. I'm a betting man myself, and I would never bet for or against Fleetwood because we can turn anyone over on our day and we can lose to anyone on our day. Two-all thriller. Well, thanks for that, Rick. Uh, He's going for a two-all thriller. Um, Desmond, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. It sounds like Garner's back as well uh, in contention. It sounds like they're a very unpredictable team. So let's let's hope that... uh, the good performance that they put in yesterday against Portsmouth is not replicated in this game. I think it is ref watch time. We'll see if this one's any better than the, the last few. The referee on Tuesday night will be Martin Coy from Durham. And Martin Coy joined the national list of referees in August 2017. This will be his sixth game referee in the Latics. His last one was early this season in the AFL Cup triumph away at Hull where we went through on penalties. However, he was also the referee when we lost to Charlie in the FA Cup last season. It's 22 games so far this campaign. Seven have come in League One, eight in League Two, and the rest in various cup competitions. His card watch for this season, 43 yellows, one red and three penalties. That's Martin Coy, who will referee on Tuesday night against Fleetwood. Previous form, we've not met many times in the league over the years, but we have met on eight occasions. We've won five, drawn two, one defeat. Never lost the league game to Fleetwood. Last season was the first time we dropped any points, drawing both home and away. Remember, uh, Cruikshank equalised, I think, in the away game. Uh, earlier this season, of course, that famous comeback at 3 2 at Fleetwood after being very poor for the first uh, half. Current form is uh, they're in 19th position with 33 points and 32 games. Recent form, let's just say that the draw specialists, four out of five have ended in a draw. 16 away games so far this season. They've taken 13 points, two wins, interestingly, at Rotherham and at Doncaster. Seven defeats, seven draws, 21 goals, four, 31 against. They drew on Saturday away at Pompey, 3-3. They did lead, though, 3-0 at one point, with Anthony Pilkington scoring uh, the former Latics player and also Harrison Biggins, the son of former Latics um, striker, stroke midfielder, Wayne Biggins. Over to uh, Barry for the uh, predictions. I, I saw the goals yesterday that Fleetwood scored. I watched them last night on Quest, and, and each one was a was a, a cracking goal. The other draw specialists, but I think we're, we'll prove a little bit too strong for them. And I'm going to go for getting the show back on the road with a two nil win. I, I think the words that you've just said there, Barry, getting the show back on the road are absolutely pertinent. I think we're going to sort of make a bit of a a statement performance just to make sure that those chasing us don't get any daft ideas that they might be able to catch us. I'm going to go for a 4-1 Latics win. 
Well, my first prediction is that I don't think the crowd will be anywhere near 20,100. But I, I think I agree that, you know, we have tended to bounce back well this season. I think there will be a few changes to freshen it up. Barry said earlier, they, they look like a side who can always score goals Fleetwood. So I think we'll get one, but I think we'll get three. So I'm going for a 3-1 Wigan Athletic win. There's a, a few games on Tuesday evening. Portsmouth play Oxford, Sheffield Wednesday, Burton, Shrewsbury, Rotherham. We're at home to Fleetwood and Wickham play Cambridge. So teams in and around the top six playing there. So we thought we'd give our top six prediction at this stage and revisit it at the end of the season to see if any of us were indeed correct. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go on, Barry. Well, I, my top six uh, for the end of the season will be Rotherham, Wigan Athletic going up, MK Dons, Oxford United, Plymouth Argyle and Sheffield Wednesday. That's my top six. So my top six, top Rotherham, second Wigan, third MK Dons, fourth Oxford, fifth Sunderland, sixth Sheffield Wednesday. I'm not falling down that trap. Top are going to be Latics, because Rotherham are going to falter. Top will be Latics, second will be Rotherham. I think you're going to then go MK, Dons, Sheffield Wednesday, I think, are going to come come good and keep climbing. Oxford, Plymouth. Then people have got a bit excited because they, you know, they, they've won the three big games of the season against us. are going to carry on bottling it like they always do. Well, Paul, me and you have gone for the exact same top six, just top two the same and, and uh, the playoff places. And Alan just read the league table as it stands now, so... <laughs> I mean, I'm not even reading the league table, oh, to be come honest. On, come <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, I swear I didn't read the league table. Like oh, that. we'll let you off. We'll let you off. On that very positive note, up the six. Come on. Come on. Come on.